0: Good morning, Fellowship Church. Good to see everybody in the house today. We are on 21 days of prayer and fasting, and if you're in it, I want to encourage you to keep it up. I know you can smell a Cinnabon six blocks away. Stay strong. Stay strong. Seven more days. This is day 15 of this, and if you haven't jumped on already, I want to encourage you to do so. It really is just a part of us giving the whole year to God, and we're setting some time away for, for prayer and fasting, and 6 a.m. prayer Monday through Fridays has been amazing. People before work and before school, we gather in this auditorium. And many of the requests, all the requests that you put on that prayer card and that connection card, this stage will be flooded with those prayer requests tomorrow morning. And you'll have people praying for them by name. So it's important that we do that. And then don't miss this Thursday night as we have our last night of worship Uh, for the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. Something was just so special about last Thursday night. We just, man, it was just so great to come together and honor God and put Him first and so grateful for people that know how to pray. And how many know that when we give God first of anything, He blesses the rest. Can I hear a good amen? amen? If you've been around here any length of time, you know that God's given us two words for this church. Say them out loud with me, everybody. Hope and healing. Hope for your tomorrow, healing from your yesterday. That's all found in Jesus Christ. How many are grateful that you don't go to a church that has nothing to do? I mean, there's lots to do. And I want to invite you to be a part of the community of what's going on here. God's done so much at this church. So many great lives have been changed. And we're grateful for such a diverse community of believers that believe that Jesus Christ is our hope. Amen, everybody. Amen. So as we pray, and then we'll jump right into our message. Welcome to part... Three of our series deja new. everybody say deja nu deja the idea is not deja vu that you don't have to spend this year repeating last year last year sometimes people feel like i don't want to put any new year's resolutions down because what's the point it's just going to be a repeat of last year and people feel like they're repeating their life over and over again and i want to tell you jesus christ wants to turn deja vu into deja new. come on somebody So today as we enter part three, this is probably going to be one of the most practical messages of the entire series. And uh, a good friend, Josh Monty, who preached here last year, great friend of ours, he has some great statistics that I'm going to borrow for this message, but I'm praying that this would help us make our dreams actually come a reality. So let's pray together and ask God to bless our time. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your hope, your healing. Thank you for your word that guides us. And Lord, as we look at such a practical area of our life, I pray that there would be an awakening inside of us to go hard after your presence and your word and your will this year. We thank you, God, that we are not alone, that you are with us. In Jesus' name, somebody say good amen. Amen. All right, let me ask you a question. Today, as we talk about scheduling and time, have you ever missed something before because you didn't plan right? My wife and I and my daughters and Kelly... Several years ago, we drove all the way to San Jose because there was a guest preacher that we wanted to go listen to. And he's not from our area, so I wanted to go hear him and, and uh, love this guy. So we get over there about 4 o'clock because we wanted to beat traffic. About an hour and 20-minute drive because of light traffic. And we get there early. Nobody's in the church parking lot. We think, man, this is great. We, I asked one of the parking team members who was already out there, what time does church start? 7 o'clock. Awesome. Let's go get something to eat. So we went to eat sat down, but while we're eating, we're like washing our clocks, like girls, come on, we gotta hurry up, it's almost time. And you don't know what we went through just to get there. I mean, Kelly had to take off work early, me too, and we got the girls ready, we're rushing out the door. Now we're at the restaurant feeding our face and we quickly go back to the church and when we go back to the church, I realize that the church parking lot is not as full as it should be. And I'm thinking, they didn't advertise very good for this guy. And I pull up and I ask a parking team member, like, you guys are having church tonight, right? Yeah, 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 come on in. I said, well, well, is this guy, the guest preacher coming today? He said, oh, no, that was last night. And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate that. I don't want you to miss stuff in life because we have missed managed time. Okay, listen to me. We all get 24 hours in a day. God has given you 24 hours in a day, but somehow when we think about time, we feel like we're being shortchanged, like we don't have as much as other people. And we've even, we've even gone so far as to like, litter our language with different phrases, like things like, I just don't have enough time, I don't have enough time. Or we say things like, I don't know where the time went, <clears throat> like it was here, and then it went somewhere. When somebody says, hey, can you do this? You're like, "Ah." I don't know, I guess I'll just have to find time. Like they sell it at a grocery store. Just gonna go find some. And I like this one, I'm, I'm pressed for time. I'm pressed for time. What does that mean? I'm pressed for time. Or we're at a friend's house and we're like, hey, we need to get home. You know what time it is? And every time we think about time, we always think we don't have enough hours in the day. And we are way too busy. Come on, wave at me if you think you're way too busy. You're way too busy. Well, we even have, have adopted other things in our language to, to put a rush on time. We have what's called rush hour. It's one hour a day where it's rushed. And the time doesn't go any faster. Ironically, it seems to be going slower because you're sitting in traffic. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hashtag Highway 4. I, lo- I love this one, though, where you're, you're, you talk to your family, and you tell them, hurry up! Because we don't have all day. Well, ac- ac- actually, you do have all day. We all have been given all day. But none of us, none of us understand you know, what, 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 how people get so much stuff done because we look at our life and we're like, we don't have enough time. Well, obviously, we know what people are thinking about and meaning and insinuating. But the truth is, everything in our life seems to be urgent. Everything seems to be priority. Everything seems to be pressing all the time. There's something in basketball called a full-court press. And that's when the defense, they don't just play defense on this side of the half court, they play it the entire court. Sometimes we feel like time is doing that to us, and we can't get around it, can't navigate through that. And I want to help you with your dreams, because I believe the quote somebody said a long time ago, that we are what we repeatedly do. Pastor Chris Hodges puts it this way, that we form our habits, but our habits form us. And so if we want to reach our goals, if we want to reach our dreams and New Year's resolutions, there's got to be some intentionality to this. That's the word that I feel like God has given us as a church is, is intentional. And most people do not live intentionally. Most people live accidentally. And today I want to ask a question. Show of hands, okay? Everybody participate. How many of you say I could use some more time? Wave at me, wave at me. All right, put your hands down. How many of you would say you waste time? Okay, put your hands up. How many of you are liars and you didn't raise your hand at all? <laughs> Listen, we all waste time. We all think we need more time and Paul is writing to the people of Ephesus in the Bible, and he writes this. He says, I want you to look carefully at how you walk. Look carefully at how you walk. And this does not mean like when you're a kid and you got new shoes, you'd run and look at your feet because it made you feel like you're running faster. It means look at how you're living. Look at the way that you're living. And then he says, not as unwise, but I want you to be wise. Like we need some wisdom on this. And watch this part. Making the best use of the time. Somebody shout time make the best use of time. Why? Because the days are evil. Goes on to say, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Okay, look at me. We all want to know what God's will is for our lives. We all do. This verse insinuates that if you, you're not able to find out and walk in the will of God if you are wasting time. We want the will of the Lord, but that can't happen if we just waste time. Then the psalmist writes in Psalm 90, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need wisdom on this. And he says, teach us to number our days. Number our days. Number, number. Calendar our days. Schedule our days. Count our days. And that will give us a heart of wisdom. What if, ladies and gentlemen, this year could be different? What if this year we all have been given the same amount of time? We've all been given 24 hours in a day, but time is the only thing you can't get more of. You can get more money, you can get more food, you cannot get more time. So let's just look at it practically for a second. The average work week is 40 hours a week. I know that might be high or low depending on where you are. But let's say 40 hours a week. What if you took 10% of that to learn something new? So four hours a week to learn something new you're learning leaders are learners and then you took 15% of that to do what you had to do like you got you have to do some stuff you may not like it but you have to do it that would leave 30 hours a week for you to do what you do best write this down everybody do your best when you're at your best do your best when you're at your best we're going to need God's help for this but do your best when you're at your best now Listen to this, because in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, we see God starting the days and separating day from night, but the days actually, still to this day on the Jewish calendar, they begin at nighttime. So today is Sunday. Monday would begin at sundown today. That would be Monday. Monday would start then. You say, well, why? I'll tell you why. Because God wanted us to start our day with rest and out of that rest be productive, There used to be a day, a long time ago, where when it got dark, we went to bed. Not anymore, because now when it gets dark, we turn the lights on, we turn the television on, we turn Netflix on, and we turn our phones on, and we spend so much time with all this other crazy stuff going on, And many times we're wasting time. You say, I don't have enough time. Okay, let's break this down for a minute. The average American spends 23 hours a week on social media. 23 hours a week. Okay, look at me. That's 197 minutes a day on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, just researching stuff that's meaningless facts. 197 minutes a day. That's, that's 3.2 hours every single day. Okay, that has not even taken into consideration television, because television is another 300 minutes a day. That's another five hours a day that the boob tube is on. And here we are watching the movies and watching Netflix and probably spending more time searching for a movie to watch on Netflix than actually watching a movie. That's another story. And then they spend 33 minutes a day checking email. Okay, look at, look at me. That's 8 hours a day on media. Okay, let's do a little exercise. How many have an iPhone? Take your iPhone out right right now if you have an iPhone. If If you have an Android, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But the iPhone. Take the iPhone out. Go to your home screen. Go to your home screen real fast. Open it up. Go to settings. Go to settings. Now go to battery. Click battery. Press battery. Okay, now... A screen is popping up, and it's going to show you all of the apps that you have gone on in the last 24 hours and what you have spent the most time on. And then if there's a little clock, it says 24 hours, last seven days. Click the clock. It'll let you know how many minutes you've spent there. What's at the top of your list? Safari? Instagram? It'll show you how much time and what percentage of that time you have actually spent. Now, do me a favor. Scroll all the way to the bottom and find the Bible app. Watch out now. Watch out. Whoa, what happened? I'm teasing, of course. I'm teasing. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. We never know how much time we just waste, and yet we say things like this. I'm so busy. I don't have enough time. Okay, listen. There's 3,224 hours a day. I mean a year. 2, 3,224 hours a year that we spend on media. That's, that's incredible. Let me say it another way. That's 80 40-hour work weeks. Let me say it another way. That's 134 days a year, 24-hour days without sleeping. Let me say it one more way. That's like you waking up on January, not going to sleep, staying on media until May 15th. January, February, March, April, May 15th. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This is all based on stats. For the average American, they are spending so much time. We are distracted when we are supposed to be productive. And employers have the hardest time with employees nowadays. Because they always want to, they're working, they're being paid to do a job, but they want to sneak on their phone and check Instagram and check emails and how many likes do I have? It's so difficult. And we say we're so busy. Listen to me. The distance between your dreams and your reality is called discipline. We all, you say, Sean, this isn't very spiritual. It is very spiritual. God has given us a dream. He has plans for your life. He has a dream for your life. There are goals that you've set, that he has set with you and in your life, and we will never even see the dreams come true if we don't get this area of our life right. We need to get it right. So write this down. Schedule. Create a schedule. Create a schedule. This is huge. Huge, huge, huge. And create a schedule in such a way where you're you're deciding where your time is spent. We do this with budgeting our money, don't we? Right? We should. We should. Have a budget of where our money goes. Before it ever leaves our wallet, you ought to have a plan for it. Well, let's do that for our time. Budget your time. Don't don't rely on your memory. Too many of us rely on our memory and we forget. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll remember, I'll remember. No, we don't remember. Write it down. Write this stuff down. And then, number three, set goals. Set some goals. Last week, I talked about writing dream lists because 60% of Americans have no goals. Did you hear me? 60% have no goals. Only 3% of Americans actually write their goals down. And, and researchers found that the ones that America would say are successful, the CEOs, the millionaires, all these people, they are the ones that write goals down. So my wife and I, and we write our goals down with our children. We write them down. We gave you seven different areas that kind of helped you springboard last Sunday. You could listen to that sermon. But I want to encourage you to write them down, write them down, because they don't become a reality until you see them every week, until you're working on them. And the calendar, listen, when you make a calendar, my calendar works for me. I don't work for my calendar. I make my my calendar as a slave to me. I'm not a slave to my calendar. So write down personal goals and professional goals, and then watch this, do them every day, work on them every day. John Maxwell has the rule of five. So pick five things and do them every single day. Not all day. <clears throat> just, just do them every day. It's like the idea if you want to chop down a tree. You take the axe out there and for five minutes just swing or take 10, ten swings at this tree every day. You don't have to, don't have to d- take the tree down today, but do it every day and pretty soon, guess what? That tree's coming down. Well, your goal is take a swing at it every day. What do you want to do? We talked about that last week again and I want to help you achieve these goals. And then number four, write this down. Set a time for it to happen. Set an actual time for this to take place. What time are you going to do this? Because most people are better in a certain part of the day. How many morning people are here? Morning people? Yeah, that's why you're at the 830 service. How many, how many late night hawks do we have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot in here, but there's a lot of it. And I, my wife is a night hawk. I'm a morning person. She likes to sleep in and go to bed at like one o'clock. I like to wake up early, like six a.m. And I'm like, "Hey, praise the Lord. God is good. Wake up." You know, she's like, "I will curse you." You know, she doesn't say that. I'm teasing. It's just weird when her head spins around 360 degrees. <laughs> she doesn't do that, obviously. But we're different. We are different. Opposites do attract. And she, she does her best work at nighttime. I do my best work in the morning time. So set a time when you're freshest. And some of you are like, I'm fresh all day. Okay, so <laughs> set a time when you're freshest. Because you give the world your best time, and then there's nothing left for you. There's nothing left for your your dreams, your goals, what you want to do. And here's what happens. A day turns into a week, and a week turns into a month, and a month turns into a year, and a year turns into years. And pretty soon, people look back in regret and say, where did the time go? You had just as much time as everybody else. I want to learn the piano. Every year I say that. Well, then you have to do something. Set a time where that's going to take place. Is this helping, yes or no? Dreams without a win? Rarely come true. It's just some abstract thought out there. Dreams without a when, W-H-E-N, rarely come true. So set a time for that. And then number five, set a place for that. Set a place for that to happen. Where? What day? What time? Where? What day? What time? Where? Say that with me. What day? What time? Where? Again, what day? What time? Where? You want to get in shape? Great. What day? What time? where you want to read through your bible great what day what time where you want to learn an instrument what day what time where if you don't put it down on a calendar you're not going to get to it this is this is important make the most of your time why because the days are evil and there's things pulling at you in every other direction to distract you then write this down number 6 constantly reevaluate constantly reevaluate is it working What needs to move on my calendar and what needs to move off my calendar? There are some things you have to ask yourself, what do I need to start doing in my life and what do I need to stop doing? Because there's some things that are trying to get in the way. And I'm just telling you, your job deserves more than 197 minutes on social media per day. Let me say it another way. Your family deserves more than 197 minutes on social media every day. Let's give our best to God. Well, what are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe you turn the TV off and talk. Come on, come on. Maybe you go to bed on time for once. Maybe Maybe you read a book. Maybe you spend some quality family time. like we are. We spend so much of our best time. We blow our best time on stuff that at the end of the day does not even matter. There's never been a person on their deathbed. That have ever said, I just wish I could have got one more like on social media. Take one more selfie picture. There's never been a moment. That stuff does not matter. In the long vision of life, nobody's there and you think I'm so busy. You're not as busy as you think you are. 80, 40-hour work weeks, ladies and gentlemen, surfing social media, and what a great plan of the devil to get you distracted with stuff that's really not that bad. Like, some of it's bad. Other stuff is just not that, not that bad. If you're just researching stuff and looking at stuff, it's just time wasting, and, and I'm telling you what happens is, is when, you're, when you're not doing what God's called you to do, you're wasting time, and the devil's got you backed into a corner with tedious stuff when you could have been doing something great think about all the time we've wasted over the last year in 2016 think about if you would have applied that to something that you really wanted to accomplish how much further you would have been the devil is such a such a a strategic player when he says i'm going to try to distract you listen if he can't get you to quit he'll get you distracted if the devil can't get you to quit, he will get you to distracted. He'll get you to throw in the towel. And I want to help you because I know your heart in this place is not to be another statistic. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Amen. We want deja vu to be deja nu in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what we do, we, we take some piles. This is the urgent pile, and this is the important pile. Now you have to decide what are you going to focus on. And then build your calendar and your schedule around your identity. Let me explain I'm a Christian first, and then I'm a spouse, then I'm a father, and then I'm a pastor. Mm, A lot of people, they build their life upside down. Work comes first, and then their kids, and then their spouse, and then if God's in there, he's third or fourth. And I'm just telling you, Jesus Christ, he died and rose from the dead to pay for our sin and give us eternal life. Come on. We ought to gladly give him everything of ours. He ought to be first. God ought to be first. Here's the benefit. When God's first, my spouse gets a better me. When my spouse gets a better me, my kids get a better me. When my kids get a better me, this church gets a better me. Are you seeing this? It's important to put God first because if God's first in our lives, he causes everything else to fall in place. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will fall in place. They'll be added unto you as well. Your life matters. Your time matters. And if you don't think your life matters, you will allow the devil to come in and steal your time. Ephesians 2.10 puts it this way. We are God's handiwork, meaning he created you. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, like he has a plan for you, which God created in advance for us to do. Somebody shout, in advance. advance. There There was a purpose first before there was ever a you. And I want to encourage you, this is what our church is about. Our growth track today, ten fifteen and five fifteen every Sunday, we tell people, jump in the growth track. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. Get in the game. you got to get in the game. And we want to help you. Today is, is, is step three, where we want to help you discover your personality and your gifts and why God placed you here. It's super fun. And even if you didn't start uh, on time in step one, you can jump in at step one, two, or three, and do step three, four, and then next month do one and two. If you want to do them in order, you can step uh, February 5th. Step one is February 5th, and then do, do them in order. But I'm going to encourage you, this year, let's take the step in the right direction. No matter where you are, we want you to, to move one step. Just move one step towards cl- closer towards what God has for you. And so as we look at some of this stuff, you need to know that God has a plan. We as a church want to help you discover it. How sad for people to go to the grave and have never found that out. We want you to live by design, not by default. We want you to live intentionally, not by accident. We want to help you with this. And so our growth track is going to help you. All right, write these last three points down. Number one, do not let the urgent take precedence over the important. Don't let the urgent take precedence over what's important. Here's what I mean by that. Have you ever been doing something that's important, and then an urgent matter comes up? And I'm not talking about like your your family member needs to go to the hospital. I'm just saying something that popped in your head, a thought, a thought, something else, you know, somebody says, hey, look at this picture, look at these cats on Instagram, aren't they cute? That's like, it just pops out of the blue. It wasn't on your calendar and then you spend 20 minutes looking at Instagram. Or have you ever been doing something important? You're doing homework, you're writing that sales pitch, and then all of a sudden in your mind, you're like, hey, what was that blonde guy's name in Pirates of the Caribbean? (laughs) I'm gonna look that up. You research that up. Orlando Bloom, that's his name. Hey, wait a second, didn't he play, didn't he play in Lord of the Rings? I mean, look that up. He did play in Lord of the Rings. He was the elf dude. And wait a second. Here's some fun facts about him. Uh, Orlando Bloom's not his full name. Orlando Jonathan Bloom. Whoa. And then he has a tattoo right here that says in Elfish, the nine. That represents the nine people who, who made the Lord of the Rings. How cool is that? Wasting time. You're never going to be quizzed on Orlando Bloom's tattoo. There's never going to be a time. You go to college one day, the professor's like, hey, question 67, what's the na- what, what is the interpretation of the elfish tattoo on Orlando Bloom's name? And you say, it is the nine. And she says, woo, I wasn't anticipating this many people to know this. <laughs> Useless. Yeah, so Useless time. Time suckers, time wasters. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us there is a time for everything. And if there's a time for everything, we ought to schedule that time and figure out what time it is right now. Somebody say, what time is it? What time is it? I was about to say it's time to get ill, but that's another. That's, that's wrong. That was from a song back in the 80s. It's time to make a change. There's awareness. It's time to really get involved and say, God, I want your will to not just be something someday. I want to start it today. Everything has a time. Somebody say amen. amen. This is important. Number two, um, or no, actually, let me stay here for just a second. This is important because when you're doing something important and an urgent matter comes up, how do you decide whether you, you change focuses or not? Like, how do, you, how do you decide? What makes that a call? Well, you have to understand you're not everybody's savior. Their urgent is not always your urgent. You have things that you're doing, set things, and you have to decide, what are you going to give time to? I'm not everybody's Savior. There's only one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the Savior of the world. And so your urgent's is not always my urgent. And I know that may sound harsh. I don't mean it to be. I want you to understand that in Acts chapter 6, they had very urgent matters, like to feed widows. And this is very important to God. And yet the apostles of that moment said, listen, it is not a good thing for us to leave what we're doing, the preaching of the word and, and all these things and teaching of the word and studying and prayer to go do this. Let's, I have an idea, let's raise people up for that. Yeah. I remember starting this church, I worked seven days a week, every single day. I mean, there was no day off, there was no vacation. And, and my wife got to me one day and she said, Sean, this isn't working. You and me and this and our kids, it's not working. We need some time off. So I said, all right, let's do Mondays off. So we took Mondays off. That was family day in theory, but it really wasn't. Because any time an urgent matter would come up, I'd jump and leave family day. It wasn't protected. So what happened one day? We were at the park, and I was swinging my girls. We just got there. Swinging my girls on the, the swings. They're little. And the phone call. I got a phone call. I got the phone out. It was a flip phone back then. Pulled out the antenna. <laughs> and, and there was an urgent matter. And somebody wanted me to come over and help fix something. Now, listen, they didn't want anybody else. They wanted the pastor. And so I told my wife, girls, we got to go. Why, Dad, we just got here. No, 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 we got to go. And my girls start crying because we're leaving the park. They haven't had daddy-daughter time and family time in a long time. Nope, but I got to go because somebody doesn't, they won't accept anybody else but me. I'm the pastor. Let's go. And that forever haunts me that day because I send a message to my girls that they are not important and that this is important. Here's what I'm saying. It's not that we ignore needs. We now have raised up a lot of people. A lot, I mean, marriage mentors. We have marriage mentors. We have small group leaders. We pastor people through small groups. And if, you, if we get a call here, I, I'm, I'm not able to go to every single house and take care of every single need, and I don't need to. Because I'm not your Savior. Jesus Christ is the Savior, and the people that send, we send to your house, the hospital, they have the same Holy Spirit as I do. Come on, it, Jesus is in all of us. Amen, everybody? Let's be a self-healing body. Let the church be the church. Let's love each other. Let's meet each other's needs, and that's part, the power of small groups to where they can, they can honestly, they can be there and be relational and, and build relationships that will last a lifetime. Small group leaders, I love you and I'm thankful for you. Come on, let's clap our hands for the small group leaders today. It's amazing. Number two, number two, ask God for help. We're not going to be able to do this by ourselves. We need to ask God, help me, God, help me schedule, help me plan. We're in 21 days of prayer right now, and that's where we are seeking God and saying, bless the rest of the year. In James 1.5, great verse, James says, hey, if anybody lacks wisdom, just ask of God, and he'll give it to you. He's not going to find fault and say, hey, here's all the reasons you don't deserve it. He won't do that. He'll just give it to you. How many thank God for wisdom? Yeah. So we need God's wisdom. We need that. And then, and then it's important to understand that there is there are times that we have to be understanding of. And I love 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12 says, The sons of Issachar were men who had understanding of the times. And... And because they knew the times, they knew what to do. I'm telling you, God will give you wisdom. You schedule it out. You understand the times. You will know what to do when something urgent comes up. When something important is there, you know. You know, because you've budgeted your time. You've set boundaries for that. And then when something else comes up, you're there. Schedule, schedule. Schedule everything you possibly can. Schedule how many times you check email. I know some of your jobs don't allow you to do this, but... What if, what if you only checked email two times a day and you just scheduled it? This is when I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to be distracted by anything else. What if you did that for your Instagram? I'm only going to check Instagram for 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, and then, and then after that, I'm not going to check it. You will find muscle memory reaching for your phone. Like, you, 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 oh, no, no, I said no. It'll take a while. It'll take, but here's what happens. We have a whole generation of young people now that when adults walk in the room, they don't even look up. They're just on their phone like this. They're actually having to go to the chiropractor because they have neck issues. The chiropractor literally told me that in our church. We taught our kids, when when somebody else walks in the room, you put that device down. You honor and you show honor to people. You smile. You look people in the eye. You talk to them. Come on, somebody. It's showing honor. But we need to ask God for help. And then number three, be a good steward of your time. We talk about your treasure, you know, the money that God's given you. Talk about your gifts, being, being good stewards of that. We need to be good stewards of our time. Because we're giving four and a half months a year to stuff that doesn't matter. What if we took four and a half months and we put it to stuff that does matter? Yeah. Our calling, our dreams, our goals, what God's called us to do. How much greater would, would, would the church be? 1 Corinthians says this, it is required in stewards that they be found faithful. A steward is this. It's a manager. Okay, Nothing belongs to us. It all belongs to God. We're owners of nothing, stewards of everything. It all belongs to God. Okay, Look at me, everybody. But it's hard to change the world when you can't find your keys. It's hard to change the world when we can't balance a schedule. What, what are we here for? There is a purpose. We're going to reach the world. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. But I'm telling you, I want you to be more successful in this. Another verse, Matthew chapter 25. Here's what we're shooting for. One day when you get to heaven, to hear these words from Jesus Christ. that says, well done. Well done. Great, and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Your time, talents, treasures, everything I give you, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I mean, can you imagine that moment? I do not want to stand before God one day and say, hey, you spent four months a year on social media times 10 years. I could have done so much more with you. The dreams that you have inside of your heart to reach people and to love people. I'm telling you, everybody, we can make some more time to do that. Last verse here, 2 Corinthians, here's God's help. And God is able to make all grace abound to you So that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, you may abound in every good work. God, I'm praying that, that all grace would abound to us for every good work we do, for scheduling our time, for scheduling out the plans that God has for us, because there are people, listen to me, you can get better at this. You can get better. I know some of you don't don't struggle with this at all. Others of you, this is a challenge. You can get better. And I'm telling you, you're either getting better or you're going to get bitter. <laughs> people who refuse to get better, they're always critical of those who are. Don't worry about what other people say. How come you're not answering me on Facebook? I don't check Facebook instant messages. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. I, I've chosen to not do that. Well, how are, how are you going to check? Aren't you going to look at this video and your friends will come to you, your work friends. Hey, you need to see this. You need to see this. And I'm not saying it's all bad, but you can budget time for that. So it's not sucking the life out of you. You're, you're too busy. Well, you're not too busy. You, you might be able to carve out some more margin in your life for the things that just really matter. Say yes to the right things, say no to the wrong things. And I believe with all of my heart, Jesus Christ died on a cross, rose from the dead to free us and give us purpose. We need to be good stewards of the time we have here left on planet earth. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands and say good amen. You believe that? And God wants to turn deja vu into deja new. This can be a new year. and I know this is extremely practical, but I want to help you You know, who cares if you get inspired if you walk out of here and nothing changes? I want you to make some decisions today to walk out of here so we can change the world.